0: This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Brad Mitchell of Mojo Host. ASB Marketplace is the first platform where you can buy and sell adult sites and domains for free. ASB Marketplace allows buyers and sellers the chance to come together on properties that are valued below our company's minimum of $50,000. Don't pay for other marketplaces when ASB Marketplace gives you this service for free. Visit ASBMarketplace.com and sign up as a seller or a buyer today. And of course, there's ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage where you can earn as much as 20% of our broker commission referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a growing and stable European tube network. The sites went online over 10 years ago, and the traffic has grown ever since. All the traffic is from SEO. No traffic has been purchased. This is a great opportunity for a potential buyer to add to the traffic immediately. Because of the high quality of the content targeted to German and Italian languages, Google has placed the websites in good search positions. There are over 600,000 hosted videos. Around 400,000 of them are uniquely titled. There are also about six months of videos already translated and ready to upload, so the new owner will have an easy transition. This is an opportunity for the buyer to get stable traffic and easily grow if they put some effort into new SEO techniques and buy traffic. Because the owner would like a fast sale, he's instructed us to slash the price from the previous $595,000 to only $165,000. Now, time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, once again, is Brad Mitchell. Brad, thanks for being back with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk.
1: Hi, Bruce. It's my pleasure. Happy to be back. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. Now, if
0: you're in our industry, you no doubt know about Brad and Mojo Host. Mojo Host is a leading company in hosting adult websites. Brad is certainly an icon in the adult internet industry. You'll see Brad at virtually every single adult event. Now Mojohost prides themselves on great customer service and technical support. They're based in Detroit, Michigan, and have data centers in Miami and Amsterdam. They take pride in 99.999.'ll we'll add a few more nines, I think. percent. Uptime and put in the work to make it possible. Mojo Host is a self-funded company that's been profitable for more than 15 years. Um, did I miss anything there, Brad? Is anything uh, updated since we last talked?
1: Yes, Bruce. This is our 22nd year in business, and we have a new data center that we've built in wow. Detroit, Michigan. So those would those, those be the updates to that. So
0: Okay. Well, how are things going at the new, uh, the new data center?
1: Things are good. It's been really quite the endeavor. Um, so two years ago, I started on the concept and design and started constructing our own wholly owned data center. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we're, we're seeing that come to fruition now as we, as we end 2021 and enter into 2022. So I'm, I'm super excited. It's been, uh, quite honestly, it's the largest investment of my life. Um, hmm. We've built a, a gorgeous data center that's uh, many many, many times redundant on all different systems of, of power and air conditioning and mm-hmm. all different types of networking. I'm excited for that. And we've got big things in store.
0: You got to be pretty proud of where you've come when you, when you walk in the doors of that new place.
1: I am actually. And you know, I, I'd say I I pinch myself each time I walk in the office, you know, it's there's a lot of data centers out there and we've been fortunate Mm -hmm. that I've chosen good data centers for Mojo Host all the years that we've been in business. It really helps us to provide the best level of care and service to our clients, but Mm -hmm. in and having the ability, the opportunity to design our own data center. I then got to make all of those specific choices with my team and all of the experts and consultants that I could hire about how we would build and deploy our own space to serve our needs. Right. And so, yeah, I'm very proud of that. And then, you know, as part of that, it's, it's not just a it's more than a, a million dollar investment. I think, you know, at, at the end of it, you know, for what I would say is a very modestly sized data center at a megawatt and a half, we,
2: hmm. the,
1: the total construction is about six million dollars. Jeez. And as a part of that, I've really taken very special care in um, not just all of the most important things, which are keeping, you know, everything fast and online and, and super redundant for all of the different critical systems that you would expect in a data center, but also in the design elements that I think bring some extra special character to the Mojo host facility that uh, that you won't see anywhere else. And so, mm. you know, maybe Maybe some of that's not so important, but you know I, I had this moment when I was doing the design where I really des- decided that I wanted to go you know a couple of extra steps you know a few hundred thousand dollars more to have glass walls that look into all of the data centers to have you know locking mm. rolling steel doors that roll down down behind all of them for security to have you know mosaics on the wall and mm. uh, you know The very interesting epoxied floors and, you know, we have even a a wall at the data center um, inside of our office space that's adjacent to it, which is made from recycled motherboards from servers that we decommissioned in Miami, which is pretty cool because, you know, they've still got all of the Intel CPUs and the copper heat sinks on there. But uh, we're very very proud of the deployment and I, I think that our customers would be proud to be our customer being hosted in this site.
0: You've got to uh, maybe uh, host an event uh, in Detroit one of these days, so people can take a tour.
1: Yeah, we're certainly looking forward to that. I think, I think we'll be uh, cutting our teeth and, and and ready to be show ready, so to speak, uh, by the end mm-hmm. of first quarter. So. Cool. Uh, I, look, I, very, I very much look forward to doing a lot of video, having, you know, having people out to the site, but also doing some really comprehensive videos and explaining the technology and the infrastructure. We've gone above and beyond to make it extremely green and extraordinarily mm-hmm. redundant um, right. you know, in every different respect. So I'm, I'm excited to finally be able to see myself and to show others what, what's been my passion for the last two years.
0: Yeah, I, 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 this would be a worth a trip uh, from Thailand to go check it out, man. I may just have to do that. Um, so, what are some things you've obviously, you know, I mean, from where you started, uh, you know, one man operation to to where you've come, um, you've obviously been very successful. What are some things that companies with longevity focus on to stay on top in the adult
1: industry? So I think the answer to this question might be, would be of course different with each owner that you may interview. But for me, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think probably my top three answers to that question. The first one would be, um, my main focus is always to make sure that we have an an excellent product. So a Mm -hmm. lot of people, a lot, especially a lot of business owners are dreamers, right? So, um, as a business owner, you've got a choose your own adventure. Every day that you go into the office and each year that you're running your business. But I think being mindful of what's your core deliverable, what's your core product, and making sure that your product is good for the customer mm-hmm. always is, is of paramount importance. Because at, sure. the, end of, at the end of the day, I, I guess I would say in the 22 years that I've been in the industry, where I've seen a lot of company owners fail has been when they've taken their eyes off of the price. Yep that one core thing, which they were so good at, whether it was from luck or timing or skill or prowess Mm -hmm. to go and, and do other ventures, it's easy to lose oneself. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I think is, is very important is integrity. Absolutely. So I think, um, I've integrity and I think, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to say it's a couple of different things, but integrity and humility.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I I think a lot of a lot of us when we start our business, everyone starts from zero. Everyone starts with some humble roots of they've got an idea. And most of us, if not all of us, start with, you know, we have no money and no backing, and we've just got time and sweat and equity in our business to go and to build a brand. Yep. Um and I think sometimes people over many different over a longer span of years can kind of lose themselves in terms of how they relate to other people. Yes. So I think it's very important to maintain a sense of humility Mm -hmm. to always be a good listener to everyone that's around you. I'm Um, sorry. What did you say? No, that was a a joke. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think, I think being a good listener, I I think having good integrity, being honest, you know, I, I, Bruce, You've talked to thousands of people just like I have over the years and mm-hmm. I'm proud to say that I think you would be hard pressed to find somebody that says that I've wronged them in any business fashion I or personal seen, fashion. I haven't
0: I and can't find anybody that doesn't like you. So that's a good that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there must there must be a couple out there. But you know, <laughs> at the end of the day I think I think to be in business for the long term you have to do all of those things and then you also have to be mindful of the future and you have to be smart with your money and you mm-hmm. need to be strategic about how you invest or reinvest into your business because sure. the truth of it is no business that has any longevity has has accomplished this without continue, continual reinvention and reinvestment I, I think you know on every 3 to 5 year cycle there there's a turn you know turn in in the market or in business and it's important that you're mindful and looking ahead and making plans and investments so that you're ready for the next thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because uh, it is usually like the case that if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so keeping all of these things in mind, I think is how uh, an inaction is how somebody would uh, could experience longevity.
0: So what industry sectors have the most potential right now and
1: why? Great question. So I'm still a dreamer, and mm-hmm. I love uh, seeing and hearing new ideas from, from uh, people that uh, have experience and have no experience. And sometimes they're, they're equally interesting on both sides, because
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you open yourself up and you're, you have conversations with people that, that haven't even done business in our business yet, and they have some ideas, it's really great because you get sort of an unfiltered opinion. And, yeah. uh, so I think it's always great to see, because I don't necessarily know who's got the next great idea. Hmm. I don't think any of us do no, um, necessarily. You know, you don't kind of know until you've seen it. Sometimes right. it's already happened and you're like, damn, that was really yeah. good. That was that yeah. was great timing. That was a great idea. And Yeah, we wish we'd thought of like OnlyFans or something like that, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, and I think, you know, a lot of us have had great ideas and maybe we didn't bring them to market and we kick ourselves. But so I think... Yep. Um You know, most potential. I think certainly the new ideas, maybe the ones we don't know about yet. So I think it's always good mm-hmm. to be pay, paying attention to trends and watching how people are interacting, how people are buying and consuming entertainment. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's what um, that's what it, that's what this is. This is adult entertainment, and it's it's connection. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know. So, but in terms of um, what is the most potential right now, I think none of us could have an argument against clip sites and live cams, you know, the the platforms that have been developed and launched, which allow performers of any maturity, uh, you know, and experience to sort of self publish, you know, and collect like these platforms, they allow people to publish their content and, um, you know, collect revenue and I think that those those are currently the most relevant. Obviously, that the history, the past of adult entertainment has been a lot of subscription based services, and I think what's different now with how people are consuming content is it's much more dynamic. Mm -hmm. I think there's certainly still an an incredible future in subscription based services. Yes, Um, you know, and those who even for those independent and um, platform-based performers who are producing content and have subscribers to their channels, you know, uh, they very quickly learn that you have to be interesting and you have to always, you have to actually work really hard, um, you know, to produce mm-hmm. interesting content, to mean, to get subscribers and then to be interesting enough to continue to experience growth. Yep. I think also um, it's certainly the case that um, live cam services are extraordinarily compelling you know, and, and both on both sides of the house, both on the clip site side and on the live cam site side, you've got a lot of mature businesses that are doing a lot of uh, volumes of dollars. As we, as we now know, it's billions of dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, both sides cams and clips. And I think we see platforms innovating that are also finding a way to mesh the two cams and clips, you know, like I know, that this is certainly the case, you know, with OnlyFans, with with many vids, um, mm-hmm. with I Want Clips, um, th- with Clips for Sale. Th- you know, these are all awesome platforms. Um, and with as with anything else, I think that that means that there's opportunity for sure. for growth, right? So the question is, if someone was going to come to market and bring a new product, and they wanted to do what, say, Live Jasmine is doing, or <laughs> what OnlyFans is doing they have to have an angle or they have to have something new that they bring to the table. They have to have something better than just offering a larger share of the revenue to the performer, because at the end of the day, it's the consumers that are making that choice voting with their dollars. Yep. So it's, they really, they're going to have to be able to make everybody happy and to leverage technology and do so in a, in a smart and wise way. And so I think that there's, um, you know, it's it's a big internet, and I'm I'm constantly amazed, even with you know the stable of clients that we've got, and right now Mojohost Host serves, I think around 1,400 different companies. Wow, in the space, and it's a lot. So we're serving you know it- the whole the whole gamut of everyone's different ideas, whether it's you know re- everything from review sites to advertising networks to cam sites to clip platforms um, to traditional pay site programs. Um, we host all of that, and to be honest, I see I see customers in all different parts of this um, succeeding. So, mm-hmm. you know, work hard, have a good idea, and uh, that doesn't guarantee success. But I think the you know I think we're continuing to see growth in this uh, in this explosion of platforms that allow creators to be innovative and and to self publish. Absolutely, so I, think I think we're going to continue to see more of that.
0: You know, and in the process, and you alluded to this, you're going to see a lot of people pop up and doing, as they, they like to say here in Thailand, the same, same. Um, I love that saying. So what does this product do? Same, same. Um, and you saw that a lot with pay sites, and a lot of them have failed, because they didn't try to innovate, they didn't try to do anything different, and it's really no different than any mainstream business, right?
1: Sure. I mean, sometimes same-same can be good business. I mean, as a hosting company, I look at Amazon's AWS, and I think, heck, if mm-hmm. I could be same-same well, you know, and get some fraction of 1% of those tens of billions of dollars in cloud sales, yeah. that would be a pretty great business, right? Yes, <laughs> yes yeah but yeah but I, I see a lot
0: <laughs> of people they want to start a clip site they, they want to start a fan site they want to start a cam site. Uh, I see this through my general consulting company and the question I always ask them is, how are you going to be different? What are you going to do that's going to get a customer away from and, a, and also a, uh, a performer away from OnlyFans, away from live jasmine? And a, mo- a good deal of the time, they don't have an answer. Sure. So that's well, a problem. That's a problem.
1: Yeah, that's always, that's always going to be a, be a fundamental challenge. I mean, one of the things when I, when I have, get to have conversations with new business owners and they're looking for some guidance and, um, you know, a lot of times you're trying to prequalify somebody or challenge them to ask them what are they going to do. And I guess a lot of times when I find myself in conversations, they're telling me what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to add a little bit of guidance. You know, one of the right. things I think that helps business owners to be more successful is to truly believe in their product and be passionate about what they're doing. Absolutely. So, you know, I think the best example of that is, um, I want clips. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's an excellent platform. And yeah, one of the things that they've focused, focused on is, uh, you know, a lot of different, um, fetishes and catering to a lot of you know BDSM and and other types of content in that market. And I think Mm -hmm. have you know, I I think if the owners and the operators of a site have an eye or have an interest or really understand something better, rather than trying to be a generalist or just launching a platform and not having something that they feel like like they can do better. Yeah. Um you know I think if you're able to with any fetish interest or or segment of of our industry I, th- I think if I think when you're able to bring people together with a sense of community
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and drive based on that yeah. and just be the even you know if you can just be the best at doing even one of these markets and not not try to do everything for everybody, if you can just be very very good at one thing, then I think that that can be a, a knockout success
0: absolutely so what are some common mistakes? that newcomers often make that may harm their new business?
1: Well, it's never easy starting a new business. No. You've got everything against you and nothing but an uphill battle, right? So when when people are starting a new business online, they have they have no traffic, they have no software, they have no content, they have no merchant processing. They've really got nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. But they have an idea, right? So, right. you know, common mistakes, I think sort of a broad question, but I think there's, there's lots of potential pitfalls. I think sometimes seeking guidance from people who aren't qualified to advise them, I think that can be a common mistake, right? So like anybody that's seeking to start a new business and they're getting counsel from somebody, they should absolutely ask the right questions and ask around to try to vet them and and try to understand what is their history of experience that they can be giving me advice. Absolutely. I think that, um, people that start a business need to have a clear vision for what they are willing to invest and or lose and be very committed to that. Um, And not necessarily to losing money, but, but to understanding that it's not field of dreams. Like even if you're able to design and create a product, that doesn't mean that once it is online and I can go surf your website and buy something that you're going to be instantly successful. I think a lot of people, run out of steam before they've even hit stride or even figured out how to market.
0: Don't I know? I hear, I hear from people, I hear from people that say I've got this totally developed website and it's great. And I want to sell it. I mean, Uh, and it hasn't even either hasn't launched
1: or it launched a month ago because they're just already tired of it. I mean, my comment on that would be send, send me people that have failed. Because if someone's, someone, if someone's got a truly unique code base where they, that they own it and they've done the development and the product works and it's actually mm-hmm. programmed right, then yeah. maybe there's some residual value in that. Oh, I will. But yeah. cert, you know, certainly, certainly custom programming is hard. It's very hard. It's almost yeah. like uh, the, uh, the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland because <laughs> you really have to be working. You have to know what you want. You have to have a good business strategy. I think a good business strategy brings you online in stages. And the first of those is maybe like, you know, a minimum viable product, mm. but you've got to be able to get to the finish line. Like, yes. And you have to, you have to be working with trusted programmers and you have to get your deliverables. I've talked to so many, you know, so many business owners over the years who have spent tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in programming and never ended up with finished code. Hmm. Um, One of the things I would always recommend to people is that you separate your hosting from your programming resources. Mm -hmm. So of course your programmers and your custom developers are going to have opinions about where you host, but I would tell you that it's in the best interests of your new business to have multiple people working for you, each of them with their own fiduciary responsibility. So for example, Hmm. if someone like if someone was to come to me and say, hey, Brad, I've got this idea. And and I know that this idea is complicated and it might take one or more programmers. I might recommend, say, Quantox, for example, who has yes. lots of resources and available programmers. And I know that uh, Vuk and his company, they work yeah. hard and they get jobs done. And I've got lots of MojoHost customers who are happy using them who have built whole platforms, right? Yeah, they've done a lot um, of work
0: for me, too. And, uh, oh, I believe in them, you know, a thousand percent
1: sure but it's important that i've also seen other situations where somebody is using an individual programmer that's not part of a larger organization or maybe doesn't have a reputation at all because maybe they've never even developed but Hmm. they're essentially working for this client and that is their job and their sole income and when Mm -hmm. things go south if a programmer and a business owner don't see eye to eye sometimes it's the case that the business owner is held hostage for the code you yep. don't even have the code. They don't even have the code that they want yet. So who can help you in that situation? Well, if you were at the right kind of a web host that can lock it down and you have the right types of design hmm. and implementation, then those are the kinds of situations that a you know, host can help guide you into. And a, ho- and a host that understands how to actually um, manage someone's um, platform, like what it's going to look like in a real-world environment can take a look at, how queries are written and how things are structured and how pages are loading and tell you whether or not your programmers and their markup, whether it's done right or it's done wrong or it's efficient or it's inefficient, they can give you this kind of feedback. And if the sure. host is good at what they're doing, you're not even having to pay for it. Maybe right. you've got a $50 or $100 VPS with them, or maybe you're spending a few hundred dollars a month on a dev server. You know, I mean, You've got support and backups and things like that, mm-hmm. but... But this is, this is where someone that starts a business, they can leverage that expertise and they can do it at no cost. So yeah. um, I think not having, not having multiple people giving you, you know, feedback on your new business idea, I think that can definitely be a pitfall. And, and at the end of the day, after you've got a product designed, you need to be able to traffic it. And your mm-hmm. first traffic buy is not your biggest traffic buy. Your first traffic buy is making sure that shit works. <laughs> and, then, and then you're working to see if you can convert. Yep. And then after that, you're working to see if you can retain.
0: Absolutely. And then after
1: that, then you really need to start spending money to start advertising. <laughs> yes. So.
0: Yeah, I see so many people, they just throw a bunch of money at traffic, and they go, oh, buying traffic doesn't work. No, buying traffic works, but you need to test, 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 test. Oh, and by the way, what you mentioned about programming. Well, you- I mean, we've all we've all had that problem. I, I've had that problem. My first programmer ran away with my money. Um, and I had an, another bad experience with a guy and co- went to Quantox and I never had a problem again. So, in fact, I had problems with every programmer I ever had until I went to Quantox. So going to a big company that has lots of resources and you know your guy's not going to go away, that's so important. I... I, I respect individual programmers and all, but I oh, I it's risky. There's, there's a, it's risky, there, man. It's just there's risky. A lot,
1: there's a lot of wonderful ones out there. I think, I think if someone's starting a new business and they're going to go down that path, I think that they need a consort- I think that they need a few different people that they're talking to, so that that way yep. they can develop a strategy.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So what would you recommend to someone looking to launch an adult industry project?
1: Well, before COVID, I would have one of the recommendations. So I've, I've had this question put to me before. I remember talking to somebody a few years ago and, um, you know, he was just ready to spend a bunch of money. And I said, you know what? You really need to take the time out from the other business that you own and you need to come and attend one of the industry conferences. Yes, you need to go and you need to be a student, and if you want to shadow me, just to meet a lot of people you know and, and learn some stuff, but you need to go there and you need to be a student yes, because you don't know what you don't know, and I think that you need a broader understanding of what's going on for the whole ecosystem of how all of these things work together, everything from mm-hmm. the billing companies, the CAM companies, the traffic companies, uh, you know the technology side of things um, to form some opinions, but really just to understand how How the World Turns. That, and you know, it used to be, you know, I think that podcasts like what you have, I think information that's online, I tell everybody to go join at xbiz.net. So, you know, there's a community online. I do too. And you can can meet people and read threads and you can ignore what you don't want to read. And, you know, the same Mm -hmm. is certainly the case also with GFY. While there is other stuff in there, there Mm -hmm. is also tidbits of business information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there, but basically I think when someone's starting a new business, like they need to really commit to it and they, they should be a student. They need to slow their role. They don't know everything. You know, right. your idea probably isn't so great that it's going to succeed no matter how you deploy this idea. You know, you really should mm-hmm. uh, take the time to, um, you know, bef- before you start spending money because once you spend it, it's gone.
0: Yep. So... I say go to a, I I would say go to a number of shows before you put in that kind of investment.
1: Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I mean, the other the other thing I'm always recommending also is just to, uh, a gut check on are you really willing to put the time and effort in? Yeah. Are you really are you really willing to work? Because I also see you know, I, I see other people with ideas that, you know, they have a, a large pocketbook. They have the money to go fund development and other stuff, but you, it's very hard to start a new business. like if you listen if you've got if you've got six or seven digits to go start a new business and, and that's enough to payroll a couple of people to actually run and operate this business, then good for you. <laughs> but most of those businesses aren't going to succeed. most of those new startups aren't going to succeed if they blow their y too soon, they don't deploy it successfully, or if the actual owner isn't really Passionate about the business because it's very Inco. hard to hire. Pa- it's very hard to hire passion. You can't right.
2: So you, you can get
1: you can hire great employees that work hard, but it's hard to hire like you know someone that can be a visionary and an integrator, someone yep. that can have the vision and actually do the work and be the taskmaster. And every business needs both. You're the
0: best evangelist for your brand. Nobody else can. Nobody else can equal that.
1: That's usually, my feeling. usually that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's my feeling. You actually have been, been, um, I won't say fortunate because you've been smart enough to bring in someone like Natalie, who is just, you know, so passionate about your brand. Uh, I won't, I won't compare her passion to yours cause I don't think anybody's passion can equal yours for Mojo host, but man, she's, she's getting pretty close.
1: <laughs> yeah we're both we're both very we're both unique and i'm very very fortunate to have her and i'm always i'm always looking to see you know she she's very rare so i'm very lucky to yes. have her on the team and we've been very successful together and both natalie and yep. i are always looking for talent out there to join mm-hmm. our team well so, she's
0: she's uh i i think she's the best hire you've you've ever made in uh, that i know of um i just uh you know, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't get very, over
1: that. I, I'm very proud of what she's accomplished. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I, and I'm also very proud that I think that, you know, we've been together, uh, several years now and mm-hmm. I think she's really happy with her job still. Yeah. So, you know, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, Brad, <laughs> being happy with a job, I, I think always has a lot to do with the guy on top and how you're treated. And I know how you treat your employees, how well you treat your employees and how you treat your friends. And um, that's how you treat your employees, how you treat your friends. And it's it's awesome. And that that has everything to say about it. Really? Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I mean, I mean, you you don't have to do things like rent a bus from from Berlin to Prague, take everybody to lunch, um, you know. And, and do See things this, like that. So, so here's, you know my, what here's I remember. Here's my, you know what I remember the best, by the way? You know what I remember the best? And I tell people this story all the time about you. Remember the, remember the, uh, the Why Not show uh, in San Francisco? I do. And I remember a bunch of us were downstairs and there was a gap in the show. And we were all kind of standing around, networking, of course. And you went to the bar and said, open the bar. It's on me. And I was just like, wow. I didn't know you that well then. And I was just like, wow. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool.
1: Okay. Well, cool is interesting, right? Because I wasn't a very cool kid or a very cool young adult. <laughs> I don't know. If I, ever, if, I ever found, if I ever found cool in my life, it was in my experience working with all of you people in this industry and just doing things the hard way. When I started off and I went to my first conference back in 2000. I was nobody from nowhere and living on credit cards as a very young 20 something year old trying to figure out his first business and adult. And, um, back then there were a lot of still very cool people who made a lot of money very fast. And my humble roots just involve, I mean, I don't want to say bribing people, but Mm -hmm. being hospitable, Mm -hmm. like, you know, providing a little bit of hospitality, in that type of situation, but, but not just paying for the bar. So the success, like you gave the example of the bus. Yes. So what I would, what I would tell you the difference between, or the similarity between that, that experience on the bus and that Mm -hmm. same experience at why not was Mm -hmm. I don't have a full memory of either one of those days, like completely, my brain just doesn't work that way, (laughs) but I'm very, I'm very consistent it's not just yes. that I paid a bill for something to happen. It's that I was there doing hand-to-hand combat and making sure that everybody was taken care of and that all of their needs were met. And yeah. I was probably introducing people where you I even, saw opportunities. You, you
0: even waited for Dan Leal, who was oversleeping. I'll never, I'll never get on. He'll never, he'll never hear the end of that one who overslept by like an hour and we're like waiting on the bus and Bruce is in back bitching. It's like, God damn it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no man or woman left behind. You know, one of the things exactly. I think I one of the th- one of the things I think you you I've taken on over the years, uh, doing such hospitality is is trying to care for the flock, right? So, in all man. these different circumstances, I think it's very important to me, and and uh, certainly to make sure that everybody, you know, we have a good time. We do some unusual things, but I think it's very important to make sure that you're really looking out for everyone's best interest in every circumstance because things do get yep. weird and sometimes they get complicated. <laughs> and so, yes. you know, we're all human. And I think it's, it's, it's good to allow for everyone to make a mistake here or there, but really just to be looking out for everybody else, which means sometimes doing hard stuff like cutting people yep. off at the bar and walking them back to the room and sometimes <laughs> making sure they get in bed and sometimes making sure that they don't die. Like all of these things are things that have happened over the last 22 years.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, Oh, sure. My broker tip today has to do with what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. This will be the first in a multi-part series. First, make sure you're converting as much of your traffic as possible. Traffic's expensive, whether it's search engine traffic, review site traffic, or affiliate traffic, you paid a lot for it. So make sure that when someone lands on your site, you give them every opportunity possible to either spend money or do whatever it is you want your visitors to do. In the case of a pay site, make sure your billing options allow as many people as possible to buy. Have multiple ways to pay. In North America, most everyone has a credit card. But in other parts of the world, credit cards aren't used nearly as much. In Europe, for instance, credit card usage is low. So look for billing options that will match the areas where your traffic comes from. In Europe, ACH and debit cards are used a lot. In Africa and other developing areas, many people pay by mobile. Do your homework and find out how people pay in the regions you get most of your traffic. It'll make you more money. The worst thing you can do is get a visitor, have them want to buy, but since you don't have their preferred way to pay, they can't. If you're looking for suggestions, feel free to get in touch with me via my website. Along with this is to improve your user experience. Make your site attractive and easy to navigate. People have more options than ever these days. I can't tell you how many sites I go to, even some that are owned by large companies, where the navigation isn't obvious to the user. You poke around the site for what seems like an eternity to do something that should be relatively easy. Keep it simple. Before you launch any changes to your site, ask your friends to go to the site and check it out. Unfortunately, designers and web developers don't think like us. You need real people to look at your site for you, the same kind of people who will be visiting your site. Next, make a good offer. If you're selling something and the offer isn't good, you won't make money. It's plain and simple as that. And if your offer is to contact you to get more information, then make the offer attractive and easy to understand. If you're selling something, make buying easy. Show them an easy way to buy and then leave. Help them by making suggestions on what to buy. Amazon.com is the best at this. They always have suggestions on what to buy based on your buying and browsing history. They use AI to do this. There are AI engines available these days at a modest cost. Look into this if you can. Don't clutter up your site with unnecessary items, buttons, and images. Keep it as simple as possible. The best and most successful sites are the simple ones, the ones that lead you to take the action you'd like them to do. It's not that hard. Just remember, when you're putting together any site, try to think through the buying process like a human being. Whatever you do, don't turn that over to your designer. Don't just say, build me a website. What you'll get out the other end will not give you what it is you're looking for. Give them as much direction as possible and make it easy for them to build a site for you that makes your business succeed. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Brad Mitchell once again in part two of our interview. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Brad Mitchell, a mojo host. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.